Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Kristoff and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey Damo, you know I like running. Yeah, I do. You love running. You know sometimes I do it without shoes on because I'm all about natural running. You are. So I've made this e-course to try and make it easier for people, not necessarily to run without any shoes on, but to run more naturally, to make it healthier, easier, more fun. Is that what E stands for in e-course, easy course? I think it's got something to do with the internet, Damo. You know I'm not very technical. <laughs> but, but what I do know is if people want to get the e-course, um, they can actually go to theartofnaturalrunning.com. Hi, this is Damien Christoph. And this is Brett Hill. How are you, Brett? Good, Damo. Happy New Year. Thank you, mate. You beat me to it. I was just about to say the same thing. Happy New Year, uh, mate. Did you have a good one, mate? I did, thank you. And Happy New Year to all of our listeners. All of our listeners. 2018, this um, this will bring up seven years of the Wellness Guys, big guy. Wow. Seven years. Seven years. years. We're so old. Remember how <laughs> young we were when we started? Oh. Fresh, young face, young men we were. I know. Oh. I know. Seven years in front of a microphone is quite a long time. Most people... Don't make it seven years um, on radio, and here we are doing our own gig still seven years down the track. It's it's definitely something to be celebrated. Seven years, it's a big deal. Hey, uh, yeah, I had a great New Year's. I uh, went down to the beach, went down to Barwon Heads, um, which is just you know it's near Geelong, um, and spent some time with some great friends and uh, and prepared for the new year. You know, lovely. Talked about, talked about lots of great things that are happening, lots of goals and aspirations, things that we wanted to achieve, holidays that we're going to take, all those sorts of things. So um, this year is looking like a good year, particularly off the back of Richmond winning 2017. Oh, uh, oh yeah. here it comes. Here it comes. And 2018, is there any oh, well, predictions there, anyway? You'd expect us to go back to back, surely. <laughs> uh, no, say that, before I mention three-peat, let's just get repeat done. That's, that's <laughs> all I want to talk about. <laughs> nice, anyway. We had a lovely new year. We went into the city of Adelaide and went to to the city, I know, all the way from the country into the city because we're so far out. And uh, the kids and I, we all went down, we hopped on the bus and went into the city with Steffi and my parents and we got there a little bit early. I I kind of overcooked it a little bit. I, You know, I've had a few New Year's in Sydney where you have to get there pretty early on the edge of the harbour to get a spot and spread out your picnic rug. So, I thought (laughs) in Sydney you kind of had to do it about 1pm. So, I thought maybe in Adelaide you might need to do it at 3 or 4pm. You've rocked up. You're the first chair there. <laughs> we were pretty close to it. There was like this big empty field with maybe two or three families there. And you and go, so, that's great. So we spread out our little rug, reserved our prime spot in front of the stage and then tried to figure out what to do for the next few hours before the entertainment even started. So that was interesting, but it was good. They had little events on for the kids. They had like free little shows in the big big top tent and they had a little stage there and they had um, – People on stilts wandering around, and we had some, uh, you know, we had some glow sticks, and we had some sparklers, and we watched the fireworks. It was lovely. It was lots of fun. Very nice family fun day, mate. It was. Uh, well done, well done, Bredo. And the uh, the family's uh, gonna, you know, get stronger and stronger. Obviously, with you and Steffi getting married this. It's this year, isn't it? Yeah, this year getting married. Twenty eighteen. 
Um, the date yet, Dane. But it's it's looking like it might be 2019, Dane. Ooh, just to, just, to, just putting it out there, but it, right. it won't be far off. All right. Well, that's exciting. So that'll be a nice little homemade for four. That'll be beautiful. That'll be fantastic. That's good. Hey, Brad, there's a lot of things that, um, you know, have been happening in health. And obviously, we made predictions last year about what would happen in 2017. All, um, all of them we spoke about paleo kind of, you know, not dropping off, but kind of quietening down a little bit and vegan making a bit of a, a surge. Uh, we've seen keto try and poke its little head in and um, there's a few other things that we've seen, you know, take place. There's certainly a, a movement towards flexitarianism where people are kind of ebbing and flowing between um you know, a paleo clean eating program mixed with a bit of vegan, vegetarian, just kind of flexing and, you know, being, you know, I don't know, I don't want to use the word balance, but just kind of going in between <laughs> those sorts of things because it seems to be a nice way to be. What do you think is going to happen um, this year um, in and around trends with health? What are you thinking? Oh, it's such a good one, Dave. I reckon um, there, there does seem to be more people flipping between um, different diets as well, like not necessarily doing a little bit of paleo and a little bit of vegan or a little bit of keto, but actually consciously doing one of them for a period of time, like let's say three weeks or three months, yeah. and then consciously flipping to do another one, which is kind of an interesting way of going about it. But I seem to see a, a few more people kind of doing that recently. It's, it's sort of they, they feel like they get certain benefits from certain styles of eating that they want at certain times in their life, which is which is kind of interesting. So we might see a little bit more of that. I I don't know. I, I kind of have a feeling, Damo, that there might even we might even be almost due for a bit of a flip away from healthy eating. I don't want to say that because you know we don't want that to happen. But but it does seem to happen. Like we sort of we get you know, the health becomes the big thing, and we sort of delve right into that. And then it, you know, every maybe five, seven, ten years, we sort of flip back the other way, and, and it becomes uncool again. Then it becomes cool to be you know being unhealthy. Yeah. And I, yeah. I kind of almost feel like that might be the next direction we go what do you reckon Damo? well you know we, you're definitely right you do see that and people go you know what I've, it's just all too hard and there's i actually sat down with somebody uh towards the end of last year and and this lady just said to me you know what it's never going to work and i said what do you mean she goes i'm not going to do everything that i need to do in order to get as healthy as what i need to be or want to be so i'm just not going to do it <laughs> <laughs> like she literally said that and i said yeah. Are you serious? And she said, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to stress myself out to try and achieve all the things that I'm supposed to achieve so that I can be healthy. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that's in itself a healthy decision. Um, you know, if it's causing you stress and it's making you uh, feel socially isolated and, and that, you, you know, you don't want to go out and hang out with people, then maybe that's what you've got to do. But I don't know whether or not you've got to go to all the extremes and, you know, head on down to Krispy Kreme and and go and fill up donut packets and, and, and get stuck into that and get drunk every night. I don't think you've got to go to, the, you know, to that sort of extreme, but I do think that people will start to go, you know what, I think there's there's merit in um, just relaxing the rules a little bit. Um, and I think that's kind of what we've been talking about, Marcus and I have been talking about on, uh, on 100 Not Out, but um, I think we'll still be very, very mindful of certain food elements. So fructose, people are you know mindful of gluten and garlic and... Um, and onion and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we'll also see people be mindful of dairy and, you know, there'll be new trends in milks coming through and I might be able to 
you know, share a few little secrets that I've got that might be able to let people know a few things later on. Let's maybe talk about some of those things. But uh, there's definitely some new trends coming there with milk. Um, and, and I think that people integrate some of these things. There's definitely some big trend, trends coming in from overseas in the States. Things like sprouted um, components. So a lot of people are, you know, talking about having sprouted grain or sprouted seeds um, and putting that into breads and you know, different types of mixes. Um, I don't really, you know, buy into the whole merit of cooked sprouted stuff because once you've cooked it, you've kind of wrecked it anyway. Mm. So if you're going to sprout it and activate stuff, then it's kind of still going to be a bit raw. You know, I think that's one of the things that I found really fascinating with a, a, you know, a different muesli product that came into the marketplace that, you know, spoke of the sprouting of their nuts and seeds, but then they cooked it. So I was like, oh, well, you kind of just lost yeah. it anyway. You know so it's I mean? not it's not sprouting in the packet, is it, Damon? No, no, exactly. So you're going, oh, okay, well, you've just sprouted it, but, you know, now you've cooked it. So what what have you actually done there? What What's the benefit then for the, for the, for the punter? Probably not a whole lot. So um, I, was, I was always fascinated by that, but we will see lots of fermented uh, things coming into the marketplace. We're still more fermented things. We're going to see a lot of probiotic things coming into the marketplace. And people are very conscious of the gastrointestinal system. I think as medicine starts to get into it and, you know, the medics are now talking about the benefits of fiber, you know, shock horror. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there was an interesting study recently that spoke of a tenfold improvement in bacterial growth, beneficial bacterial growth um, in mice when they had a diet that was richer in fiber than a diet that was lower in fiber. So I thought that was interesting. And that's off the back of the similar sort of stuff that Margie Smith found uh, when she was doing her stool analysis of uh, paleo versus vegan. So, But mm. I think the paleo people that she looked at were people that were doing probably closer to keto. Um, yeah. Fiber. You know, not... Paleo probably almost needs to be redefined, doesn't it, mate? So, you know. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I was just talking to someone the other day about fruit, and uh, because I'm just loving our fruit at the moment, Damo. We've got an absolute abundance in our new home of fruit, and so we've just gone through cherry season. That's kind of just just finished up now but it's been amazing like I, I've I feel so abundant because it's like we have these trees and, and we have more trees than we thought we had so we've got about 12 cherry trees oh, and we like did a nothing ton to, of cherries yeah we did nothing to them right we didn't water them we didn't fertilize them we the only thing I did it was when the cherries started to grow, I put some nets over it to keep some of the birds out. Yes. And they just grew. They just grew like magic, just all by themselves. And it's just this wonderful thing just to see nature just providing and just this abundance. And we had so many. We were, in, we were just begging people to come around and take cherries off of us because we had so many. We were did trying you, to get friends to come pick them. And Did you cook them up? Did you turn them into different things? Have you preserved them, turned them yeah, into jams? We, and- well, mostly – what we did with the cherries is we ate a lot of cherries <laughs> and the other thing we've done a lot of is we've frozen a whole lot of them. So we basically just uh, – because we've got a deep freeze and so we started just putting them into containers and freezing them so that all throughout the year we're going to be able to use them in our smoothies, which is going to be great. So we've done that and then the cherry season's kind of finished and now we've got mulberries and so the mulberry tree, this massive mulberry tree that's just going nuts. So I did make a mulberry pie the other day, Damo. That was really good. I love and mulberries. So, um, There's a little mulberry tree in Sandringham, just opposite the train station. Actually, not little. It's enormous. It reaches over a fence, and um, and I jump up as I walk past it, grab a few mulberries, and you just cover little bits with squash in my hands. But they're just the most delicious little berry, aren't they? Like you kind of go, "Wow, where did these things come from?" Yeah, they're great. And once again, we just got this big tree, and it just grew 
it's just it's just there. We don't do anything to it. They just grow, and they're so abundant, and they're delicious. They make a mess, but they're delicious. And so I've been, re- and we've got plums. The plums have all just come out. We'll have blackberries very soon. Well, with all this fruit that you're eating, it doesn't sound very paleo. Yeah. Is that kind of where you were heading well, with that? That's where I was heading with it. Yeah, I know it's a bit long-winded, wasn't it? I, I get excited about my fruit. I've got apples and pears. It's all coming. So anyway, the point was I've been eating lots of fruit, and some people say, "Oh, but that's not paleo," and I'm like, "Why not? It's fruit. <laughs> like it's real food." And so I think there's kind of been this idea recently where paleo and keto kind of merged a little bit, and people got the idea that paleo was keto and keto was paleo, and well, and they kind of they are two different things and and if you look at you know paleolithic tribes i mean you can look at some of the papua new guinean tribes and and one of them in particular eats about 80% sweet potato you know so they're not just fat and it's well, not, not just um, meat it's not a fruit sweet it's a vegetable not a fruit. but it is carbohydrates Doesn't you know and so <laughs> So there's you know there's lots of different tribes out there. I'm I'm guessing many of the tribes that were in you know Pacific Islands probably do have lots of fruit, you know. So Coconut. De- depending on where they were, depending on where they were from, and, and whether they were you know what the, what was in abundance. Anyway, Ooh, well, I'm this- feeling really good about eating these really seasonal stuff that is in nice. abundance at the moment, nice. and it seems right and it makes sense. Yes, and. I reckon that's paleo and I reckon that's okay. That's but it's just been interesting to have that conversation. I love it. Well, let's go back to, um, I think it was our second or third wellness summit when we had our mate, our great mate, Paleo Pete, come and uh, stand on the stage. Do you remember that? Yeah. So, yeah, and he lifted up his jumper and every, all the girls gasped at his abs. Oh, my God, oh, my gosh, <laughs> Paleo Pete. And, uh, and so uh, Pete was up there and he said, I don't eat fruit. And I said, what, you don't eat fruit at all? And he goes, and I said, he goes, no, nah, don't eat fruit. And I said, what about avocado? And he goes, oh, yes, I eat avocado, yes. And then sometimes I'll have some blueberries, and every now and then I have some blackberries. I really like those. But other than that, I don't eat fruit. And so I think because we've had commentators speak about fruit in a poor sense, and particularly Sarah Wilson, um, talk about fruit poorly and because it contains sugar, people are really concerned about it and really confused about it. I think where um, the whole paleo movement kind of lost me in the early days was the avoidance of fruit and total avoidance of carbohydrate, particularly, um, you know, as some commentators were, were talking in and around that. And I think the message kind of got lost. And, and I think what I was saying before, Bretto, is it's going to take someone like you, like a champion of change, to redefine paleo. I think we're going to have to like redefine it and say, hang on a second, guys, it's ancestral. And we look at what Fuad yeah. is talking about, Fuad Kassab and Joe Whitten are talking about with ancestral eating. And that's kind of got to be the new paleo. It's like, what's in season right now? Um, have we got access to lots of meat or have we not got access to lots of good quality meat? If we don't, then let's have a vegan version of a paleo meal. Um, which, of mm. course, they can both be. And yeah, we've just got to redefine it. They call it pegan, Damo. People, <laughs> there are people who are pegan oh my God. and they just, eat vegan paleo. How good is that? But it is just ve- uh, like, so they're grain-free vegans. Yeah, well, grain-free see, vegans. that in itself concerns me. That concerns me. Because we've got to talk about, you know, we've got to be talking about amino acid load. You, you need to be getting adequate amino acid profiling. It's difficult to get all your amino acids if you're not having things like quinoa or brown rice, um, pulses, legumes. So, I, yeah, I, I really I struggle be, with that. I think it'd be really hard work to be a pagan and do it well, I think. Yeah, I think that's, there'd be very, like, I think if 7% of Australia is doing paleo, um, and less than 10% of Australia is seeing a chiropractor, I think it's going to be around about 0.2% are doing pegan. Maybe 0.02 will be doing pegan. That's my thing. 
yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the next big thing. No. But it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I think so. But I think it needs to be redefined. I think what you've said there in eating what's seasonal and what feels right, and I think we all know, you know like if you go and pick a Mars bar off a tree, it doesn't really feel right. Um, but if you're picking some fruit off a tree, it feels really good. And, uh, and and it kind of it, that that's a good way to kind of approach it. Yeah, and your body does tell you to stop. You know, Steffi, she said the kids were picking out on the cherries, yeah. and she said, "Are you sure they should eat that many?" And I was like, "No, they're fine. They're just yeah. you know they're just going to eat them." And she said, "Well, won't they get sick? Like, won't they get a crooked tummy or maybe diarrhea later?" I said, "Yeah, maybe, but they'll figure it out." Yeah. you know, <laughs> so it's your body lets you know. You know, your body's not silly. I think I think a bit of you know a bit of acknowledgement for our innate intelligence, particularly when it comes to natural things. I think sometimes our innate intelligence gets a little bit tricked by some of the unnatural things and the sweeteners and the artificial sweeteners and all those sort of things that it doesn't really know what to do with. But I think when it comes to real food, I think we've got to have a little bit of a faith in the innate intelligence of our body to to know when to eat and when not to eat and to you know to eat real food at the right time. I reckon. I agree. Sounds a little bit like a power of food seminar that I've done. It does. Um, yeah, it's once or twice. Once yeah, or once twice. Or, once or twice. <laughs> but, uh, you know, remember what you and I, when we did we did that little road trip with uh, our old mate, LT, the guy who used to be on the wellness guy. Are you going to talk about the eating competition? Remember, yeah, remember that when you said, you know, to the bloke, the skinny bloke, eat as many chips as you can and get through two packets. And we said to the lady... Um, you know, eat eighteen apples, and yeah. uh, and we said, you know, see how you go with all this. Which was which was the equivalent of calories, wasn't it? One, one, calories. Pack, one yeah. big pack of chips was yeah. the equivalent of eighteen apples. It was amazing. Even yeah. we were blown away by that. Yeah, I know. And and let's call this lady Mary. Mary only got through like one and a half apples. She couldn't go any further. And the dude Steve, we'll call him Steve. He got through easily all of those chips, and then was licking his fingers, getting all the MSG out of the bag. So. You know, you kind of in he he just he piled he he got through eight hundred calories in no time from dumb food that didn't tell him to stop eating. And Mary ate one and a half apples, and it told her to stop eating. And so she listened to that, and uh, and that was a really interesting point. Same deal, obviously with uh, with your cherry trees and your mulberries and everything yep. else that you're going to be growing as well. Exactly, exactly, and they won't be there all year. So then, in the you know, when they're not there, then we'll be able to you know indulge in other things, and that'll be fun too. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bredo, what else do you reckon is going to be happening? Obviously, there's going to be some interesting things happening with food. There's going to be some really interesting things happening with food. But uh, what else do you think is going to happen exercise-wise or movement-wise? Well, I reckon there's a trend in movement to go back to some slower stuff, I reckon. I reckon the, the trend over the last few years has been more the the high-intensity things and the CrossFits and, and those sort of things um, and, and you know, sprinting and, and really high-intensity movement. And even in the, you know, maybe yoga, even that's been more maybe more the real intense types of yoga and Bikram and those sort of things where I reckon there's a movement back towards some slower stuff. So I think things like um, like MoveNat and Ido Portal and, um, and yoga, and, and where they're talking about more slower, more mindful movement, I think I think mindfulness is going to be a massive thing as well. But but I think being more mindful in terms of your movement, I reckon, might be the next big trend in movement. Uh, moving away from the intense stuff, you know, there'll be those who still do that. I will still CrossFit, I reckon, because I love it and I really enjoy it. But there'll be a lot of other people who move back into doing some slower, more mindful stuff with their movement. I reckon. What about you, Damo? Yeah, look, I really like that. It's interesting that you say the high intensity city stuff um trudy my unbelievably great ca a practice manager at vita she uh she does high intensity yoga 
Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Go figure that, right? I don't know how that works, but yoga for me is all about centering and being grounded and slowing things down. And so, um, you know, I, I, you, I, I agree with you. Uh, people have definitely been um, going hard out and trying to get massive. Uh, and there will be a shift, you know, in the other direction, the mindfulness component. I mean, you and I did a podcast um oh gee it would have been in our first year of podcasting where we spoke about moving out remember that yeah uh, loved what, it i wonder what podcast that was maybe one of us can look up that and talk about you know we'll let everybody know so they can go back and have a listen to it because moving out you know really still down this far down the track would still be a huge benefit to a lot of people particularly people who are aging well and want to continue to age well just to you know ensure balance and to ensure core strength and the ability to do basic tasks like climb a tree or climb over a log yeah. or crawl under a tree if it's fallen over, you know, these sorts of basic things. Um, so they, they're great things to be able to do. So I agree with you. I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, and using body weight um, to be able to achieve all of that as opposed mm. to having to do Olympic weights um, like you, you might be doing at CrossFit. Are you still doing CrossFit at the moment? I am. I'm still doing CrossFit. I'm still loving CrossFit. Yeah. I did CrossFit this morning. Great. Did a whole bunch of uh, deadlifts and runs and oh, it was a lot of deadlifts this morning. That's a lot. Oh, but it's good fun. I, I love it. I really enjoy it. It really works for me. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't always get there, you know, some of them go like six times a week. I, I don't think I could even do that if I wanted to. You know, on, on a good week, I might go four times a week. Some weeks I go once a week. Some weeks I go twice a week. You know, I don't, uh, I don't put too much pressure on myself to be too perfect with it. I just, I go when I can go and when I can't, I don't. And when I go, I do what I can and what I can't, I don't. And it, it works well. I think that's that's the key with stuff like that, I think, is you still need to listen to your body and you still need to check your ego at the door. That's that's always the toughest thing with CrossFit because you do get those little competitive juices start flowing a little bit. Yeah. And you've got to be careful not to do more than you're capable of. You know, kind of like many, I reckon many men will be sitting around right now ruining some of their decisions at the Christmas barbecue of trying to keep up with their younger cousins on the, um, <laughs> you know, the cricket field or the football pitch or whatever yes. it was, you know. Yeah. And it's a similar sort of deal you know you see people around you who just are freaks of nature when it comes to fitness and you see what they're doing you think oh, i want to keep up with them and sometimes you just shouldn't yeah <laughs> totally so a bit of <laughs> mindfulness around that um obviously discussions in around stress that kind of happened last year or even 2016 so 2016 2017 we spoke about stress sympathetic dominance um, we spoke a lot about the importance of taking a walk or to chill out, finding ways to decrease the effective stress in your body, not necessarily to try and get stress out of your life because it's almost not possible, but uh, to just you know look into the effect of stress on your body. So just yeah. to consider that and then to try and work out where you are in that stress cycle, you know, that that winding up of the adaptive stress response from being stressed, which is normal, you know, given that if we care enough about something, we'll get stressed about it, um, all the way into anxiety, then into insomnia, and then further into depression, you know, working out how do we unwind all of those sorts of things. And of course, that's that's all about, again, being mindful, slowing things down and stretching out your chest muscles, making sure you're taking time to breathe and being mindful of where your tongue, your tongue sits in your mouth and, you know, having awareness of your body to be able to decrease the effect of stress on your body I think is uh, is important and you know I feel like 2016 2017 we talked a lot about stress but we almost I feel like we always talked about stress from a from a western point of view you know yeah. it was very 
scientific. It was very methodical. It was very practical ways to approach stress. Yeah. And I feel like going into 2018, it's almost like people are moving back towards maybe some more of the Eastern sort of philosophies and maybe some more slightly esoteric stuff and some meditation and some maybe slightly less practical, maybe slightly less – I was going to say logical, but that's probably not the right word to use. But you know what I mean, like not not maybe not as rational approach to stress, maybe not as you know technical approach to stress or a scientific approach to stress, but a more um, yeah a more, a more eastern approach to stress, a more philosophical approach to stress. I feel like might be the direction we're heading in the next year. Well, I tend to agree with you there, mate. And this is really a fascinating article that came out recently. I was I might actually I'm just going to quickly try and find it, and and this article actually uh, spoke about. Um, w- words that um, will be thrown out, or, or terms that will be thrown out, which is uh, which is going to be great. And so, what and what I loved about this was that um, here we go, forbidden words. So the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, uh, and the White House gave the CDC a list of forbidden words. And, and and so this is really important because this isn't just something that's you know that's just been drummed up. This is this is the one. It's not something that's just trumped up, is it, Damo? Ah, hey, I see what you hey. did there. I see what you did there. So what they're trying to do is because science has taken such a stronghold of on medicine. Any anyone, any Tom, Dick, or Harry that says, "Well, where's the evidence or where's the science behind it?" kind of um, creates a discreditation um, of things that might have worked for you know millennia. Yeah. You know, talk- even even though many of the things that are considered okay, when you actually look at the evidence, the percentage of it that is evidence based is not really that different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the fascinating thing. You know, you see studies comparing the percentage of, for example, chiropractic to the percentage of medicine, which is actually evidence based, and it's very, very similar. Yeah. Which I always find fascinating. I think the one study I looked at, I think it was something like medicine was about eighteen percent evidence-based if you took you know the purest evidence base which is often what they want to judge chiropractic by if you judge medicine by the same standard it was i think it was about 18 percent and chiropractic was about 15 percent or something of that nature yeah. it was very interesting to see so they you know, when you hold everything to the same standard you get a different result which is fascinating oh totally we just got to look at you know that that the podcast that we did last year with jerry um you know dendronos with regards to how they how yep. The NHMRC, you know, holds science, you know, the, the dodgy buggers. Anyway, let's talk, let's move on. So this is a positive one. Um, evidence-based is going to be thrown out. You can't use the, – they're trying to stop people saying evidence-based. They want to get rid of it. They want to get rid of uh, the term science-based. Um, and the reason why they want to move away from that is because um, they've, they've found that uh, they're, they're confusing terms because um, evidence-based implies that – if it's used, it's going to work um, every single time. So it, yeah. it implies cure. Um, the same thing is science-based. It, it holds science on a, pedic- on a pedestal uh, of where it shouldn't be because really at the end of the day, science should um, help you ask better questions, not actually give you all of the answers. It might help you arrive at some answers, but then once you've got the answer, you should then be asking more questions. Are we, still, right. you, are we still doing this right? You, you know, What if? Like throw in another variable because that's really what science is, um, not just an answer. Oh, here we go. Now we've got the truth. Exactly. The truth. So that's, that's what scientific theory is. 
this. I mean, we learned this in year 10. You know, scientific theory is you come up with the best available theory and, and use that until it's replaced by a better one. Yeah, that's actually what a scientific fact is, yeah. just the best available theory. And, and we get so lost in that along the way. Yeah, so the CDC has suggested that they move away from evidence-based. Not suggested, they've actually they've called it forbidden words. So the seven, seven forbidden words or phrases are evidence-based, science-based, vulnerable, entitlement, diversity, transgender, and fetus. Now, I, I, I don't want to talk all about vulnerable, entitlement, uh. diversity, transgender, and fetus. Um, but the the two big ones there for me were evidence-based and science-based because what that now allows practitioners like us to do is to be able to communicate with people um, on what our best our best guided information uh, or best guided recommendation is for somebody based on what we think is going to help them based on their education. It actually puts the power back in the practitioner's um you know, I suppose space or room as opposed to the journal or um, the, the science lab. And so the CDC bases its recommendations on science in consideration with community community standards and wishes. So it's kind of, it's a bit nicer, like it's, it's, it's gentler. And, uh, and I really like that. I well, think and, that, that's and what a, that's that means is it allows the individual practitioner who, you know, it may be a practitioner with 60 years of experience yeah. to actually use that 60 years of experience, not just throw it in the bin because the latest research said that eggs aren't good for you. Yeah. You know, they're, they're actually allowed to use that wisdom they've developed over that immense period of time or perhaps even in a wisdom that's developed over longer than their lifetime. Um, and they're able to use that and incorporate that into what they're doing rather than just switching backwards and forwards based on what the latest study happens to say. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I found that really, you know, exciting and I think that, you know, there is definitely a consciousness shift and I'm excited by it despite um, some of the, the, the behaviours of the millennials, the, the, the younger generation where they tend to find that 15 or 20 hours of work a week is going to burn them out. Despite that, um, I think that that calmness that the millennials kind of bring to the equation um, will bring some sensibility and some consciousness um, in around uh, languages and phrases. The millennials are now turning 18. So these guys are actually um, now going to be making decisions um, about their healthcare, they're going to be, and a lot of these guys and girls have been brought up um, by modern-day hippies. So you know they're going to be making decisions about healthcare, well-being, finance, banking, all of this sort of stuff with a bit more mindfulness, I think. And uh, and so are we? Are we modern-day hippies, Damo? You well, I'm definitely modern-day hippie. I think you're still an olden-day hippie. <laughs> I'm a paleo hippie. You're, you're something. You're definitely a hippie, and but I'm not sure what that classification is. <laughs> oh, so you're saying you're a hipster, and I'm just an old hippie? Probably. Sorry. Probably. Yeah, I'm wearing the short sleeve shirts with one roll extra on the short sleeve, and uh, and, the, and the and the collar buttoned up. I just haven't got the beard and the tats. That's it. I've got I've got beard for both of us, Damo. It's okay. Oh, you got full full beard again, full possum. It's it's getting there. It's getting there. It's, it's almost at it's almost at Wellness Summit sixteen standards. It's getting Whoa, there. Oh, jeepers! Well, we know what happened at Wellness Summit sixteen, <laughs> don't we? It's all right. It obviously works. Yeah, I keep trying to tell Steph that she doesn't agree. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, hilarious. Well, Bretto, I I want to wish you a, a very successful twenty eighteen. There's a lot of big things happening with the Wellness Couch. Um, a lot of big things. Um, obviously. Marcus and I are heading to Ikaria. Uh, we're yes. taking another group over to uh, Ikaria to experience uh, longevity. 
Um, you are yep. on a road trip uh, with Marcus uh, traveling around yep. Australia, aren't you? We're on a space camp, going to Adelaide, going to Kiama, and going to Brisbane, which is amazing. It's going to be so exciting. Got Adelaide, and the venue at Kiama is incredible. And Brisbane, we're just taking it back, Damo, to the first wellness summit. Heading up to uh, heading up to Queensland, which is amazing. First time in what? What are we? The first time in six years, I reckon. Oh, the wellness catches. Yeah. gone live to Queensland. So, wow. Well, that's exciting. So these little wellness base camps, they're just really for local peeps, aren't they? Like it's, it's, they're designed so that people in, the, in a local region can rock on down. Yeah. So it's not meant to be like an 800 or 1,000 people gig. It's a couple of hundred people gig, isn't it? It's going to be two or 300 people. So it's going to be, yeah, it's designed to take the awesomeness of the wellness summit and just spread the love around a little bit. Yeah, right. That's Sounds nice, mate. Sounds nice. I like the sound of it. I like the sound of it. I like what you boys are doing. It's very, very good. And then um, what else are you doing? Are you doing anything special? Oh, doing all sorts of things special, Damo. I'm, well, this year, this year for me is going to be a lot about those wellness summer, wellness couch events. Oh, I almost let one slip there, Damo. Ooh. A lot about the wellness couch events and uh, and finishing my book. That's that's a big one for me this year. Is finishing my book. Mm-hmm. So I'm you know a third of the way through my book. So I'm going to keep plodding along, and hopefully by the end of the year I'll have finished that. And um, that's that's really that's my big ones. That's my big frogs for this year, Damo. It's funny. I was um, I was I saw a picture just just yesterday that was on Facebook and by a friend of ours, Tim Shakespeare, a chiropractor, Damo, oh, yeah. and uh, he shared this little picture of Amazon and it was the Amazon offices from 1999. Right. And it was fantastic. I'll see if I can find the picture for you later and share it with you. It was fantastic. Yeah. But it was just this dinky little office with this little Amazon sign on the wall and I know something about it just got me really inspired about the wellness couch. Like it just sort of. I I started thinking back to where we all started and how we started with the wellness couch and where it's grown to now and it just it got me excited about the potential of how we can really reach more Australians and, and people overseas with the wellness couch and how much bigger and further we can take that message through shows like the wellness guys to uh, to really start creating that shift bigger and better than it ever has been so that's a big focus for me 2018 is to really take the wellness couch to more people both physically with these the base camp which is you know the wellnessbasecamp.com by the way just letting you know and um but also um you know over the internet with the podcast and just sharing the love with lots and lots more people yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm very excited to see what happens. Have a great year, Bretto. 2018, you make too, it mate. big. Make it big. It's going to be a ripper. Good luck, everybody. Have a great 2018. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.